This is the Rare Petro Podcast, a podcast for industry professionals and students to quickly gather information by Basin for business happenings, headlines, and trends. Welcome back to the reinstallment of the Rare Petro Podcast. Welcome back. Yeah, Welcome got, back, everyone. This is Sai here. We got Tavis Killian as well. And remember, we're doing this for you, so please leave the reviews. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Right. Please leave us the reviews. We're doing this for you. Tell us what you want to hear. But uh, without us, that. Yeah, and let us know how we're doing. Love the input. Probably not going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll at least take it into account. First up, we've got WTI oil prices. It's looking like throughout the week, it bounced from a peak of 5740-ish back down to 5620. And currently sitting at 5723 as of the last update. Yeah, yeah, it's looked that way for, for a little bit. And besides that um, issue with the Saudi facilities that really caused a spike, it's been uh, pretty steady around that mm -hmm. range. But let's get started here. So the month of October, uh, one and the biggest, I guess, uh, foremost thing that we all want to know about is Halliburton and what's going on with these guys. The biggest reports that we have is uh, close to 650 workers being laid off all across the Rockies region. Now, that includes Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, and North Dakota. And that's, again, 650 employees in the entire region. And, you know, we've had spokesmen from the from the company say how they've, they've tried to adjust to the economy. And, you know, obviously it's, um, you know, it's, it's due to the market that these uh, these layoffs have occurred. But. They've been really uh, nice about, you know, kind of offering other employees a way to uh, relocate into other locations or, you know, kind of change um, sectors and, you know, not be let go of their job entirely. It's unfortunate. I mean, when you try to minimize those costs, usually the first thing that goes is labor. So Yeah, yeah. Unfortunate. No, yeah. no 100%. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, kids in schools, uh, you know, they're getting told even with their career fairs that, hey, like, we, we don't have any spots for you, you know. Mm -hmm. So Halliburton's really taking their time to rethink a lot of their decisions and you know how, how they want to spend this money you know in this economy it's all about being efficient so i guess you know they're taking the they're taking control of that talking about the powder river basin here um did you notice uh tavis with samson resources they reported uh their data for the first two horizontal uh turner formation wells in their uh hornbuckle area right mm -hmm. so these wells are reporting an ip30 of 1708 boe per day per day 80 percent oil all, it's certainly yeah. not a dry well. Yeah, yeah, not at all. And that's uh, those numbers are looking good. And you know that's just a typical uh, ten thousand foot lateral that you're looking at. So you know we want to know. I want to know exactly how they're getting those numbers up. You know, yeah, I want to see them keep doing it. Yeah, I want to know what's happening in that region. They got yeah, they brought up two, and the other one reported an IP thirty of uh, one thousand six hundred seventy four boe with eighty eight percent oil. So yeah, they've got they've got good numbers coming out of that region. So I guess uh, good job on Samson Resources part, and you know figuring out where and what to do. And to go along with that good news, jumping over to the Marcellus, shows that Pennsylvania sees that water quality on 14 of 16 sites that they tested reports as good or excellent. Yeah. And it's uh, uncertain if those last two are a result of fracking, but hey, that's good numbers, especially yeah. what you see England just banned all fracking because they stated that they weren't sure how the rocks would respond to the stresses over time. But with reports like this, yeah. I think we can win people over. Exactly, right? It's good data. This report came out by the, uh, and here, just hang on here a bit with me because I don't know how to pronounce it the right way, but it's the Susquehanna River Basin Commission, right? So I'm going to take a while, I guess, here and say that this is related to the, uh, it's the commission within uh, Pennsylvania. And it's, uh, you know, around the Marcel Shell. And this authority, I guess, this figure, you know, they have an entire sector of remote water quality monitoring network, which literally deals with this. And, yeah, their, their scores are looking good. 14 out of the 16 stations they tested are saying it's good, right? And, you know, this, these guys have been doing this job, and it's a, it's a 
conservation agency, right? They've been doing it since 1971. So this says, you know, this isn't a report or a number that you can kind of just refute or kind of like put on the back burner because, you know, you don't know or you don't trust the source. This is coming out from good. This is good data that, and these are good findings. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This is going to be hard for uh, CNN to turn around, right? No. Oh. Yeah, with numbers like that, and they're making money. I mean, yeah. come on, you can't, exactly. you can't blame it. You can't, can't say it's can't. bad. And hey, that goes hand in hand with you know what we're going to be noticing in the Marcellus with with stuff like that. That's you know that kind of gives our industry a better mm -hmm. outlook. On top of the fact that USGS just put out a report actually earlier this month stating that they found, well, not found, but they see uh, technically uh, recoverable two hundred fourteen trillion cubic feet of trillion natural with a gas. T. Trillion with a T. Yep, and that is that is just this is so look, look at the wording right. This is the way they word it is, two hundred fourteen trillion cubic feet of undiscovered, technically recoverable, continuous resources of natural gas. Right, so that two hundred fourteen is just talking about conventional and unconventional ways for us to be able to get that out. Right, so we're we're still talking about like there's still probably more down there, but that two hundred fourteen trillion cubic feet is something that we are we can and should be able to get out of the ground. Yeah, the only thing that worries me about that is technically recoverable. So I'm wondering if that's best of the best tools, best of the best facilities, but still, 214 trillion, yeah. even if it's just half of that, that can be accessible by some smaller companies. That's that's yeah. money to be made. So No, for sure. And then with the show play up there, man, there's just been a lot of operators. You know, production has just been going up and up in that whole area. Well, it's right? a result of that tech, right? Because I think in that article, if I'm not mistaken, 20 years ago, they were estimating 2 trillion yeah. of technically recoverable so with yeah. the advance of technology research yeah. it's, it's still that shale yeah it's more. still that shale boom we're living off of right and mm -hmm. we're going to continue to right that's that's hey, like, fingers crossed I don't right see yeah i don't see it going soon <laughs> depends on future legislation yeah 100 percent. that's that's definitely true always got to account for that these days right that's it's an issue hey talking about governments and legislative authorities kind of uh doing a sin let's oh, uh let's go Let's talk about California. Yeah, Let's talk about <laughs> good old it. California. Yeah. So California's governor, Gavin Newsom, as we all are very well familiar with him, has signed a new law, which is single-handedly intended. So understand this, Havis. This is sole purpose of this law is to kind of just stick it to the Trump administration, right? We're not going to take sides here. We're not going to be political. But sure, we're going to try not to. We are sure, sure going to try <laughs> not to. But we're not going to – like the whole goal of this thing is is to just, you know – Kind of stick it to the Republican Party, essentially, with that Trump administration. This isn't even for the goals or what he what he intends to do with the purpose, right? So this so this law, I guess, that's been put into place has been to has has literally been to counter the oil and gas production that uh, the Trump administration kind of opened up in California, right? Mm -hmm. So this says this uh, this law essentially bars any California leasing authority from allowing pipelines or other oil and gas infrastructure to be built on state property. Now, do you understand how? The limit, like how this limits. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, when most people hear about this, I think they go straight to, boom, national parks. Well, of yeah. course, that's something we should try to protect. Yeah. But there's a lot of state-owned, government-owned land, Bureau of Land Management, tons of property that's technically owned by the state or the feds that could be developed that is not a national park or a national recreation area. It's land that mostly goes unused, a lot of it not very fertile for agriculture, so why can't yeah. we develop these plays? But Well, see, it's that category of productive protected public land yep. and the connotation that comes with that right i'm all for keeping our lands oh, the way course. the way they are and the way beautiful they are right montana i love going up there the, the land up there is one of the it's is that that state by itself is a beauty right mm -hmm. wyoming similarly but we're talking about again this is california first of all and secondly this 
protected public land. That's that's a broad term, right? Now, mm -hmm. I want to know is exactly where there's even a future or potential of oil and gas development. Just because the land's free doesn't mean an operator is going to make a jump for it. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're all going to rush down there and not consider the cost, right? Oh, we're all in this business to be economical, and you can't have that. It's, it's just the incapability of understanding that that's not going to happen. But either way, this law... You know, what, what really kind of gets me about this is, you know, pipeline. I get it. You don't want to put pipelines through protected land, yeah, right? If we didn't have to, yeah. we wouldn't. Yeah, like we can, you know, you know what? I, I will just go on to say that, sure, that one report that, you know, came out saying that those or whatever, you know, however many number of reports. I get it. I get it. You know, potential issues with in the future or, you know, those one-off cases where pipelines can potentially, you know, cause some damage. Mm -hmm. But for you to say pipelines or any other oil and gas infrastructure to be built, now you're just limiting production. Now you're now that that's that's a plant that could be put in for you know simple process engineering. That's you're taking out you're limiting job industries within, within different sectors, not yeah. just oil and gas at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that they see that because there's so much tax kickback from the industry. Maybe not in California as much as other states, but that funding goes back into first responders, elementary schools heavily, and hopefully that's not something they miss out on or what just tax other people's income more. So. And hey, let's talk about a state that could use more funding to help oh, better yeah. its state itself. And I feel like California is number one. Mm -hmm. With I mean, God bless all the people that are affected by the fires down there. Hey, you're still going to need public funds to be able to help cover a lot of those expenses. Yeah, money doesn't grow on trees. And hey, wherever money is coming from, California is single-handedly taking, taking they, they measures to... Yeah, Check it out, California. This might say, not be something wrong with it. Yeah, give it a shot. And then yeah. what you were saying with, it is a direct jab at the Trump administration. I thought that would be most of the motivation. But then Ann Alexander, she's an attorney for the Natural Resources Defense Council, mentioned that in a perfect California, we wouldn't be producing or using oil at all, and we hope to get there someday. That blew my mind. We are so very far yeah, from who's, that. Yeah, who's this uh, Miss Alexander? Ann Alexander. I believe it's uh, lower at the bottom of the abstract for that article. And I appreciate her vision, but I imagine she was wearing clothing that had polyester in it and had a phone in her pocket and was using teleprompters or broadcasting services that use energy that might be generated from coal, natural gas, fossil fuels, stuff like that. So it, it is admirable, but we are so very far from being in a completely very, oil and gas-free society. Very far, dude. That's say my, that's impossible, my, but yeah. highly, highly improbable. Like, not even, let's not even consider her credentials. Let's actually talk about the fact that, yeah, she thinks this is going to happen soon. Mm -hmm. um, anybody that thinks that, that's where, you know, I kind of stop listening. Well, yeah, it, we just have to work to educate people. As people in the industry or operators, we have to work to try to show the public that we're not evil, but... Yeah. We can work together to meet our energy yeah, needs. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, yeah, I agree with um, a lot of what you said along the lines of, yeah, that's where we need to get, right? That's where all, everybody's head's at is the future. We have to have a good mix of hydrocarbons and renewables. If not, go all renewable, right? That's mm -hmm. if we get to that point. But you're not going to just – it's a commodity. You're not just going to limit it and take it out of the entire system and don't see any repercussions on the other side. So, you know, people got to understand it's like there's – you know, you can't just up and at them and, you know, just take fossil fuels and, you know, just yeah. take it all out and go 100% renewable just because, you know, with one law like this, do you really think that this is this isn't going to put in a dent into your entire plans to go green, right? Yeah. Of limiting, yeah. yeah, and yeah, again, dude, this is, if, if California, you know what, California would be the first state to consider this, and I can 100% see them just banning all oil and gas development. Yeah, but it's a step in the right direction, but not by the means that I exactly. think is most effective. Yeah, no, like, again, to, dudes, do you understand? Yeah, reading this article just tells you their flawed thinking of this 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 
decision, right? This bill or law, whatever they pass, blocking optimistic versus yeah. realistic. Yeah, you see, yeah, you see, Gavin Newsom. Every word that he's saying with you know trying to quantify this law has just been directed towards the Trump administration, and now you've got this lady, Miss Alexander. Everything she's saying is is you know directed towards the use of fossil fuels. So I feel like now I feel like they made the law first, and now they're trying to figure out the reasoning as to why they did it. And that's yeah, like you can't use you know you can't use propaganda to push your, you know your whatever you feel like is right. It's that's what they're doing here. They're pinpointing you know two hey, that's, really that's pivotal points. Though. Yeah, less science, like, more opinion. But hey, yeah. at least we can count on California to be consistent. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't a surprise. Yeah, but. and dude, I, that, that law has has great potential to be a good law, right? In states like even Montana, I would say again. I, the reason my thinking for saying this is because, you know, those, like the land that you get, it's those public, protected public lands, you know, you have a great wildlife there. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a great, you know, that's, that, that's a great thing to have, you like know. A staple of American ex- culture, exactly, protected public lands. Yeah. Exactly. And I completely agree with that. But yeah, California coming out with this, this is just something else. And similarly, did you notice the, the environmental groups that are down there too, they're also yeah. suing the Trump administration Protesting again. against the sale of what, 700,000 acres of land? Yeah, dude, every every person <laughs> in that in that state literally thinks, yeah, you know, I don't have to do anything for the rest of my life except sue the government and eh. just, you know, jo- join the next cause that comes up and about because there's a billion of those things coming out mm-hmm. of California. You could you could literally do anything and there will be like a million people in California that don't agree with you about it and they'll oh, make a yeah. and they'll make a the cause about even. it. It's not just California. It's just yeah. people who have good intentions in their hearts but then go exactly. about probably the least productive way of exactly. completing their See, goals. Exactly. Being yeah, the least productive way, mm-hmm. which is not what we need. Yep. And yeah, you wanna you wanna fight for these causes? Hey, I'm hundred percent with you, but you tell me the right way to do it. And the best way to do it, I'm there with you. But if you say some stupid shit, I'm not gonna listen to you. <laughs> like, no, that's not it at all. Yeah. And yeah, their their whole thing. Yeah, this conservation group. Similarly, right? They're they think, you know, they're 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 legitimately calling out that the president has has ignored science when it decided to open up these dormant leases to bidders, right? And that's that happened after the Trump administration um, opened up or auctioned off like seven hundred thousand acres, which. The main issue here that they're outlining is that the potential of new fracking operations are a threat to the San Francisco Bay Area's wildlife and aquifers. Well, I think we need to do some more rock stress testing. See you could honestly, yeah, Pennsylvania, man, yeah, and at, at this point, yeah, and at this point, if you cannot make the people that never understood the process of hydraulic fracturing and still proceed to call it fracking. You can't. It's you can't convince them now. If you weren't able to tell them before, right? Yep, we just got to work to educate. Because yeah. until then, it's just going to be a fight, not a debate. Yeah. It's an engineering technique to be efficient in the oil and gas industry, right? And there's been numerous studies beyond from both sides of things, right? The guys that are against oil and gas, the guys that are that are for oil and gas, that literally say that there's not enough evidence to showcase that you know hydraulic fraction is causing earthquakes or is affecting this, this, and that. And, you know, it's just, it, it, throw, it throws me off that their main concern, again, here is, you know, they, they're just, you know, putting in these laws. And then their reasoning, again, even with this group is, yeah, we're trying to protect the wildlife and the aquifers. And that never came up and about before because mm-hmm. there's been numerous other development being done there for housing. That's the biggest thing is the expansion in California. And nobody ever bats an eye of that. So no. it's. Hey, it, whatever fits your agenda, right? And it's literally whatever is a trending topic, mm-hmm. and people's need to feel relevant and the need to jump on shit yep. and tag along. That's that's all you see here. 
Well, that's but, a whole lot of California talk. Should we jump over to the bourbon? Yeah, yeah. No, I can that, eat it too. Yeah, it's, you get sucked into yeah, it. Yeah, man, that I could talk about. Yeah. Let's, you know what? Actually, let's talk about something good. Let's talk about good old Texans, man. Good people, great <laughs> food. Let's talk about the Permian Basin. Did you see what uh, Occidental Pro- Petroleum did recently? Solar power. Yeah, baby. We're talking solar energy here. We are actually utilizing renewable energy rather than just talking about it like Gavin Newsom in California and actually doing something with it. So Oxy comes on out. Um, when, when they announced this, I would say October 3rd, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they start off their uh, first solar power facility to literally power the drilling. Yeah, they zoned off 120 acres and they plan to have 174,000 panels down to have a 16 megawatt capacity. And that's yeah. maximum capacity. And I think this is great. Yeah. But I hope it's not their only source they're relying on because what cloudy days, night. Yeah. Hopefully no, they've got some batteries to hold the power. Right? No, they 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 definitely should, and you know it's a transition. It's a transition. I feel like this is um, this is like a trial and error sort of thing for Oxy, you know, because again we all understand, like we were talking about earlier, right? Any person, you know, any person that understands what's happening and you know what's where the you know, what's what the outlook of the world is, right? Understands that yeah, renewables should be an integral part of our you know energy consumption and should be used for that. It should be used as a source, and I feel like that's what Occidental's doing right now. Because I bet you that that's not the cheapest source of energy that they can acquire right now. No, of course not. Not at all. They, they could go the traditional route. Better. Exactly. I think it's great. These things don't have to be mutually exclusive. So yeah. why not integrate them? Exactly. But, right. And then that that's a good thing, right? Similarly. Trial and error. Mm-hmm. If this goes well, you're going to see in, in the Permian Basin, especially with Occidental Petroleum, which as of, you know, this month's, you know, this month's, um, or actually, you know, the past month's uh, production, you know, they're, they're what, in the top 10 of the highest producers. So that means, you know, a shit ton of leases that are under their name oh, and yeah. a lot of drilling that's happening with their name. And if they take this act on and kind of spread it all across the board, you're going to be, you're, that's a significant chunk of, you know, energy consumption and energy use being uh, generated through solar energy. And that's, that's great. My only concern is with that many panels, how many drills they can supply. I mean, there's a lot of torque. There's a lot of weight on bit. I mean, there's someone out there. We have an electrical engineer in the audience, please. We'd love to see the calculations. (laughs) Yeah. How many drilling rigs can 16 megawatts support? Yeah. See, that would probably be the first question. Yeah. The power storage and effectiveness. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully, you know, even, even if, they could probably use that, you know, source of energy on any anything that's needed on the pad itself, you know, within the field kind of. And then this all still going to get used, right? That's still, oh, yeah. you know, that's still eliminating your fossil fuel consumption. And that's that's good. You know, that's that's always good to see. Good to see. Props to Occidental. Exactly, Big right? Big fan. Yeah, let's – and actually, yeah, see, do you see that – again, I'm sorry. I got to go back to California. Did you see that? <laughs> did you see the difference right there? We were talking about California and, and the things they it's potentially – the other, right? Yeah, they, the things they potentially want to do to what, – what did Miss Ann Alleganer say to potentially get there one day soon, whatever, mm-hmm. right? That's what they said. Hey, and this then, is a stepping stone hey, for that. And then we move on to Texas, and they're actually doing something. Perfect. There's a difference for you right there. But – you know what? Action. Yeah, you got to, dude, you got to stop me from talking about calories. No, it's okay. I can always cut it out later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, let's pop over to the Eagleford. The EMP. EMP Energy filing for bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah. No, I read about that. The EMP uh, Energy filed for bankruptcy on, um, it was earlier earlier in October. It's been and, tough for a while. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 looking that way that, you know, they, they, they've struggled for years, you know, and then they finally got to the point where, Hey, prices hey, just didn't rebound when they needed them to. Exactly. And, you know, the debt, the debt's the biggest thing, you know, you gotta, you gotta be wary of your balance sheets. And if you're not doing that and Hey, along with the fact that production's probably not the, 
is not you know not the best thing in texas right now due to all the pipelines they're recently just getting around to putting in and you know all the other factors considered i i i mean i'm not going to say it was a great decision hopefully everybody that was involved or affected by that is doing well but hey it makes sense you know in this economy it's cut your losses rather than you know keep acquiring debt and you know kind of keep digging yourself that hole further and further so what else we got going on there Dude, we're still talking about Callan and Carrizo. Remember last yep. month when we talked about their merger? Oh, yes. And, yeah, dude, both sides are on board, but none of the investors, people whose money's actually on the line, like this decision whatsoever. None. Not the boats, yeah. They're being proactive, though. They're filing for those drilling permits yeah. right up until the closure of that deal, right? Exactly, which is why. So this deal is going to be um, – is actually going to be tomorrow is going to be the controversial uh, vote itself between the two companies. And – what we're seeing is is that if this merger is approved, we're going to see that this combined company, you know, whatever they call it, is going to become one of the top 20 drillers in the state of Texas. And that's a, that's a big accomplishment because there's, there's a lot of them down there in Texas. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, exactly. And that's what we're saying. I, yeah, a great point that you brought up is something we should realize is that in this whole, top, in this whole time period until this vote, all we have seen is that both sides of these companies, Carrizo and Callan, are going out there and they're putting in drilling permits. Carrizo's filed for 15 drilling permits, and then Callan is on the western end of the Permian Basin, and they've filed in 41 drilling permits so far Ooh. this entire year. Yeah, that's yeah. We got to consider, you know, the 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 effects of this. What they're trying to show is essentially to these to their you know to these money guys that hey, we're we got plays. Ooh, yeah, make moves. exactly. They they they're trying to tell them like, hey man, like I know you don't like the decision right now, but hey, it's looking good. That's what they're trying to show them. And hey, this is a strong. They, you know, they're positioning themselves to be a strong player. And, you know, they already were. They already, well, hell, they both are. Are equally. still. <laughs> exactly. And then it's, you know, it's the fact that now it's, they're becoming a, you know, they're, they're, they're becoming somebody you don't want to mess with. And they're, the main thing is, like, we could sit here and talk all day about their value and how they've expanded their value and how they're planning to expand their value further. But if the guys whose money is backing up this entire deal don't believe in it, it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter. Exactly. It doesn't which matter is, what we yeah. say because the money talks. <laughs> exactly, which is why these guys are, you know, trying to show them. They're trying to show them the numbers. They're trying to show them the data. Like, hey, man, like, I've got you covered, you know? Like, your money's not going away. So hopefully it works out in their favor, but we only got to wait, what, another about 24 hours to figure out if uh, this goes through or not. Okay, so the listener will know by the – well, before we do. <laughs> exactly. No, 100%. Yeah, that by the time <laughs> – yeah, that, that probably will be true. Uh, not too much going on in the DJ Basin this month. Um, Good old home state. Yeah. yeah, we actually have. Um, hey, yeah, do you remember that? Um, that that home explosion that that yeah, happened in twenty seventeen. Yeah, a couple years back. I Two remember. casualties. Yeah, no, yeah. Hopefully, you know, everybody affected by that, the and the individuals involved Getting and their families are doing. Yeah, they're doing well. But uh, yeah, we still have a slight update from that. Was looks yeah, like the pipeline was severed in home construction, so yeah. it may not have been a fault of operators, but rather. Uh, improper zoning, maybe practices in a building where you shouldn't have been or digging too deep. So yeah. it is unfortunate. And that's what, yeah, that's what the NTSB said is uh, that, hey, like the, the blast uh, that was caused within the home, it was from the orderless uh, natural gas, which kind of leaked out from uh, the severed pipeline attached to the nearby well. Now, the thing is, this well was dormant until just months before the incident, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to understand it's, you know, you know, these are just one-off cases that, you know, never work out well for anybody and, you know, people get affected by them, but we just got to see the best out of this and just kind of, you know, just kind of find. Look forward, use what we know to try and prevent 
exactly. more of these instances happening. Exactly, so. exactly. And yeah, they they're still um they're they're still figuring it out. But yeah, I thought that'd be a good thing to mention yeah, for so. anybody that was interested in that since the last time we talked about it. Hopefully, those families are doing better. But out over in Scoop Stack, what do we got going on? Scoop Stack plays. You know they're doing their own thing like they always have. Uh, you've got hey, but there's some uh, some operators that are making a play for it. So we've got Citizen Energy is um, trying to acquire Roan Resources and and this you know definitive merger that they're uh, planning to have. And the thing is, this is an all cash transa- transaction Woo-hoo! at about love to hear yeah, that. Yeah, and that's dude, that's estimated at about a million of uh, nope one billion dollars, which. Front. Yeah, which which includes Roan's uh, funded net debt of about seven hundred eighty million dollars, and hey, we're just gonna see how this pans out. I would love to see what Citizen has plans for that area, and you know how they you know how they plan to actually build. But that's kind of interesting. Out of uh, besides that, you know, like I said, Oklahoma's kind of doing its own thing. They they follow their own little ways, <laughs> tucked in their corner, and just producing. That's all they do. That's they're just in their own little world. Yeah. All right, past that, what is Bakken next? Yeah, dude, the good old Bakken. Great news. Yeah, the good old Bakken's been just been you know, booming. Bought, yeah, absolutely booming. Latest North Dakota oil and gas figures show record production for the month. That's 1.48 million barrels per day of oil and three billion standard cubic feet per day of natural gas. Yeah, that's looking good, isn't that's it? That's big. Yeah, dude. And hey, North Dakota has always been a stronghold, you know, within the oil and gas industry. Along with, you know, of course, Texas, even Colorado, or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Marcel's making a play. But, you know, the Bakken, there's been a lot of improvement that's been done there that's allowed for operators, you know, generate these strong numbers. But some more improvement, it looks like, could be in their flaring. I believe they have a goal of 16%. In uh, August, it was 24%, but it's lately been down to about 19 So still room for improvement, but they're doing, in the right direction. Yeah, so the state law allows them to be at 12%. A 12%. 12. Yeah, and... See, my thing with that is, you know, I get the percentage that you want it to, you, you want to maintain. Obviously, there's regulations, laws in place for a reason, but I've read on, you know, other, like other reports, um, kind of like on the, on another view of this topic, right? The whole flaring issue has been, it's generally been the public acceptance where people are seeing this enhanced, like, you know, drilling activity, although the rig, rig counts are down. So, you know, it's still, it's still moving in a, in a periodic manner, but what you're seeing is like people are just not comfortable with, you know, seeing flaring and, you know, kind of seeing that happening in their, you know, within their area or, you know, kind of just off in the distance where they could even see it. And it's about, it's literally the public's view and perception of flaring that's causing the state to, you know, kind of really, really buckle down on the oil and gas development and kind of limit their use. And I do agree, hey, if there's law in place, it's for a reason. So I do, I do think, hey, we got to cut that down, bring it back down 12% like we should be at. But looking at 19, I think it's we're right up there. You know, if they've brought it down about what five percent already from 24 percent to 19 in less than a month, I I feel like they oh it was a couple of months. It was a couple of months. But. Yeah, and they I feel like they should be able to reach that goal of 12 too, right? And oh, easily, eventually. And also, ah, uh, I don't know. It looks like that there's speculation that more gas could be extracted if there were more facilities. So. More oil and gas production, which would mean, again, probably more flaring. So it's going to yep. be a balance of exploiting that new production and trying to meet standards. But yeah. I definitely yeah. think it is totally attainable. Just give them some time, and they'll reach that 12% goal. Yeah, no, I, I think they should be able to do it. But, hey, besides that, North Dakota is doing good, doing well. We're just going to keep up with this flaring issue, see uh, how it kind of impacts the day-to-day there. 
That's it for our October segment. Thank you for listening to Rare Petro's podcast brought to you by Rare Petro. Be sure to let us know what you think because we want to talk about what you want to listen to. Check out Rare Petro's other products such as Truck Track. Stay updated and stay on track. And also check out DCA Advantage. Understand your reservoir by the most economic means available. We would like to end this segment by reminding you, your hosts, Cy and Tavis, are current petroleum engineering students. And as such, anything stated in this podcast is simply our research. So let us know if you hear of any irregularities, and we would love to update them. Thank you. See you next month.